Over the next eight minutes or so, I'm going to share with you uh, a, a sense of what we think God is saying in 2023. God is always speaking and we ought always to be listening and somehow syncing our uh, pace with heaven's drumbeat. It is possible to be out of pace or out of sync and it's beautiful to be in sync with God. I know that's a term that's been overused since it became a band, but it is possible to be in sync with God. The older generation smiling, the younger generation like, who, what? And today I want to take a few moments just to talk to you about the topic of on making space, making space. And I'll explain that in a moment. I read an amazing quote. Actually, I think it was an interview uh, with an astronaut. Um, and I forget the guy's name. I, I, I promised myself I would try to remember. But this astronaut was asked to describe his highlight moment after traveling to the moon. And here's what he said. He said, we traveled all the way to the moon to look back and find the most beautiful thing was home. And I think sometimes there's a tendency in the human condition to say that out there somewhere there is something better. And here was a man who had traveled into outer space and looked around and said, it's pretty dull out here, but planet Earth looks beautiful. And perhaps sometimes we need to take a moment to have that same kind of reflective attitude in our lives. Uh, most of us know what the first commandment is in the Bible. I'm pretty sure you'll all know it. Let there be light, uh, good Christians in the house. But I'm, uh, so the first instruction then was let there be light. I, I'm almost confident, production, if you'd move that up for me, please. I'm almost confident that most of us wouldn't really know what the second instruction or leading is. The first one was, let there be light from Genesis chapter one. But do you know what the second command was God made after that? Let there be? I thought so. I was almost counting on you not being certain of that. It's actually, let there be space. Let there be space. So in Genesis chapter one, production, if you'll take me to let there be space, in Genesis chapter one, not only does God deal with let there be light, but he then says in verse six, then God said, let there be a space between the waters of the heavens and the waters of the earth to separate the waters from the heavens and the waters of the earth. God called that space sky. An evening passed and morning came, marking the second day. Do you know that the first day was devoted to light and the second day was devoted to space? And every person here needs space for something new to happen in your life. If you leave everything as it is, nothing's going to change. You're gonna need space. Everybody has a full life. Every one of us are gonna have 24 hours today and every one of us will have a full life and the only, full day. And the only way that something new will happen in our day or next day is if we carve out space for something new. Single people always say, I don't have time for a relationship until they have a relationship. Then they say, I don't have time to do anything else. I'm in a relationship. And then married people say, I don't have time for kids. And then they have three or four. I'm just prophesying that over somebody, the people rejecting it. Uh, then they say, I don't have time for that. And then they do. People, people say, uh, I don't have time to get involved in church until there's somebody at church who could fulfill the previous thing you didn't have time for, a relationship. 
with the Lord. <laughs> Truthfully, we have to decide, does something have to break into our lives in order to occupy it? Or are you willing to do what Genesis suggests, make space? And we felt like God was saying, it's time to make space for something supernatural and something new. And if we don't do that, our space will be eaten up by everything else. In fact, the Bible teaches us that we have to fight for our space. We have to fight for things to have a space and spiritual things to have a space. Psalm 69, in fact, from the message translation is almost quite heavy in its nature, but, but it's beautiful also. It says, I'm hurting and in pain. Give me space for healing and mountain air for breathing. Have you ever been in that place where you've said, I just need space? Or I don't have space for this or that. And there's something to be said for us having to manage or curate space. We have to manage the, the things that occupy our hearts and how much space we have in them for things and the amount of time we devote and geography we devote to things, the occupying of our minds. I've started to treat my mind like real estate. It has a value and it has square meters and I only have so much of it. And I, I have to build things in my mind that are worth the real estate they occupy. Can you say amen to that? James chapter four from the King James, therefore submit to God, resist the devil and he will free from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's this intentionality about how I'm going to use my space and my time, and my real estate. Second Timothy chapter three goes on to say that there's a danger of what it describes as having a form, an outward expression of godliness, but denying its power. In fact, it says sometimes our concept of faith and our conduct in faith clash with one another, and there just isn't enough space for something to happen. I don't know if you guys remember the story of the fig tree in the Bible that Jesus went to and it only had leaves and didn't have figs. Jesus cursed it. People get quite annoyed about that. It's like very cruel. Why did Jesus curse the tree? But the answer lies in the next verse in that passage of Scripture. Jesus says, take it out. And I love the Amplified. It says, plant something else. This thing is just taking up space. And maybe we have to uproot some things, not your spouse. Like if you're married, just don't, don't look at them and say, baby, just taking up space. I've got to be honest. <laughs> I might have to replace you with something that takes up less space. But some things, some things take up space and it's, it's, it's not fruitful space. And if you only have so much space like time, remember Genesis 1, time, day and night, let there be light. Space is a commodity that has value and I can control my scheduling time, but I must control my space, what I have space for. We felt like God was leading us into a conversation about balancing that out a little more. We recognized that spiritual and valuable things need space. They need deliberate space in our lives. In fact, if you've been at Father's house long enough, you'll know we follow this little pattern of concentric circles. It's this approach where we want to reach the city or the town we're in, and then from reaching it, go back into it 
and make a difference. Reach for Jesus and change the world for Jesus. I've almost been uncomfortable about how successful Gift of the Givers has become around the world. Gift of the Givers is the generosity arm of the Muslim faith. And I wondered why the Christian faith seems so quiet on the platform of the world. And I wondered if it isn't because maybe we're focusing too much on our feelings and not enough on building faith and changing the world. And we should watch out because when we blink our eyes again, the world may be changed, but it might take the shape that we don't like if we don't have a voice and a light in the world out there. We'd better make space. Sure, their motive is religious fear very often, but our motive should be an overwhelming love and love should win over fear every time. I wondered if we were aware of the concentric circles and just how we could step out into those environments so that we can trust God together. Our call this year is to balance something very important. It's to balance having space for people at church, but also having space for the Spirit to move while we're at church. To be able to host people and heaven really well. And that it isn't valuable to only have time for one thing if we don't have time for the other. Some people are so spiritual that they frighten people. And some people, let's be honest, you've been in a service like that, haven't you? Like, what is going on there? And some people are so concerned about comforting and caring for people, they're too scared to tell them spiritual truth. We must have space for both. To love people unconditionally, but to love God so deeply that we would tell people about the love and holiness and authority and significance of God through Jesus Christ. We must bring the two together. Can you say amen to that? Second Peter chapter 3 from the message says, even God is making space for us. He is restraining himself, it says, on account of you, holding back uh, the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. There's that tension and the beauty of space and time. There's one more verse that reminds us of this tension uh, of making space for things. It's a story in the New Testament. You definitely know, I'm quite confident. It's the story of Mary and Martha. Martha was so busy worrying about people, she had no space for hearing from Jesus. And God had to, Jesus had to remind her, Mary, Martha, uh, be careful that in the anxiety of everyday life, you don't forget that the joy and the peace comes at the feet of Jesus Christ. And that we could be about good things as good people doing good in the world, but never hearing and receiving um, the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Martha had a sister, the Bible says, and then I'll tap out of our sights in a moment, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. And she came to him and asked, she's a little annoyed, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to do all the work for myself, by myself? Tell her to come help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord said, uh, answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Do you see that little thing in brackets there, little F in brackets? That's because in, in the Bible, it means there's a deeper meaning. They couldn't put it all there. So you can, if you're on an app, you can click it and it'll tell you the deeper meaning. Here's what Jesus was trying to say, if you had clicked it. Uh, Mary, uh, Martha rather, uh, what you're doing is good, 
but you're doing it because you're worried. What Mary is doing is better because she's doing it because she's in peace. I want to encourage you today not to live a life worrying about the things we cannot change, but to make space to allow God to do something supernatural in the spaces that we leave him access to. Make space for God this year. And make space for people also. Pull up a chair at the dining room table. Join a group. Come to church and make space for God in worship. I'm convinced that there is something God is inviting us to in our worship. We're climbing a mountain in worship to get to a place where we're in the Holy of Holies. And we haven't always gone there yet. And in some places and sometimes we do. But when we get there, we will have room enough for God in our hearts. Can you say amen to that? And so... In a sentence, making space, the vision for this year would be to make space to host the human condition by loving people and also make space for heaven's invasion so that people are transformed by the power and presence of God. I want to conclude with a hidden scripture in Ecclesiastes. I read it years ago. I really love it. At, at one stage, I wanted to frame it on a wall uh, in my home. I loved it so much. Ecclesiastes says this, do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence. Do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. And I thought, if you're wondering about the tension, come into the presence of God. Don't be in a hurry to run away. Make space for it. And when you come, don't come with your cause. Let God's will prevail. Don't come with your agenda. Lord, I'm here, but while I'm here, while I've got you, rather say, Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. I'm here, I'm, ava- I'm not in a hurry. I'm here, I've got time and space. God is about to do something in 2023 that I think will beat what he did in 2013. And if you've been at Father's house long enough, you'll know what happened in 2013. We went from one service to five services in one year. God just needs us to make space. Can you say amen? Well, I'm going to tap out of our church sites and then carry on here in North End. Once again, let's try that clip so that everybody knows we're tapping out. And I'm quite keen to see it myself. Production, let's have a look. I mean, we don't need to clap after that, so. <laughs> Are you going to clap anyway? <laughs> so all of the pastors are now navigating their own congregations, uh, and I'd like to continue uh, unpacking this topic for the next 15 minutes. Um, before I uh, do that, I also want to let you know that our plan this morning is to uh, announce uh, something exciting. Uh, all of our churches have already done this, and, and we are um, next on the list. And that is that uh, about a year ago, I felt inclined and led by the Holy Spirit that in all our churches, that we should appoint a leadership team. That leadership team should consist of people who have the qualifications and characteristics of elders. And I felt it was important because you can't send young people out pastoring churches on their own. They need people in the room to carry. 
And today we will start that journey at Father's House North End, the appointment of a leadership team to provide strength, support, prayer and counsel to Mike and Vince as they navigate the practicalities of a local community. I think that's awesome. I think it's biblical, it's valuable. And so uh, I wanted to continue our conversation. I'll invite you guys up in a moment. Conversation on there being a difference between nesting and settling. You know, every one of us at some point in our lives feel the need to nest a bit. And I was quite surprised. I made the comment the other day that guys don't nest. And somebody married with kids said, actually, we do. We do nest. We do it later, but we nest. You know how you know you're nesting? Uh, when things have to be at their right place. That's when you're nesting. When there's a place for things, when your chair is your chair, you're nesting. How many of you immediately recognize that's pastor? You know what I mean? And now I know when I visit homes, I ask, where can I sit? Because I've visited before and sat at the holy chair, the... the, the <laughs> The, 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 the throne, the, 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 you know, Game of Thrones began at that moment. It's like, oh, he sat there. And at first I thought, well, they leave a chair for God. It's like, no. Dad's chair. You nest, but you have to be careful that nesting doesn't mean settling. In other words, this is my life. Nothing else will change in it. Therefore, there's no space for modification. I don't have the headspace to make changes. We have to watch out for that. I believe it's the enemy's attempt to narrow our lives, to convince us that we are full in all the wrong ways in, in, in our lives and not to allow for new things. I firmly believe that the spiritual journey encourages us that the, what lies ahead is greater than what we've come from. And therefore, I have to always have space for something new and something fresh. There are a couple of ways we cultivate that. One of those ways is just having headspace. The other day at home, I saw the practicalities of headspace. Uh, I had too many devices playing too many things at the same time. And I eventually walked out of my own house and stood outside just for calm. And then I thought, wait a minute, this is my house. I just turned things off. I was recently in a, in a, a clothing store and they were playing music. This is a clear sign of maturity, not age. Matured. They're playing music at such a volume and tempo. I felt aggravated. I was like, I don't want to shop here. I want to, I want to punch somebody is what I want to do. That's what this music is making me do. I just, the, a, a lady came to me and said, sir, anything we can do to help? I'd had an armful of clothing. I said, ma'am, if you want this sale, the music has to go down. <laughs> and I'd had quite a lot already and I was there in the changing room and she said that to me and I heard her whisper to her, go, go turn that music off, go turn that music off. Of course, I had about 20 items I was just trying on. There was no chance I was going to buy all 20. But the thought was there that, look, this Arab might buy all 20. We better turn. <laughs> it could be a sheik, he might buy the place. I don't know. Just space, space. Some of your conversations at home are so repetitive, aggravating and frustrating that you want to walk out the house just to have peace. You've got to turn some things off and make headspace. Can we have an amen there? Someone's going to use that quote later today over, over lunch, I'm convinced of it. 
Secondly, uh, I, I think it's important to have heart space. You know, uh, it is possible to love um, new things, new people, new places, new songs, and a new church. It's possible to love that. Give space for that to happen. Things have changed. And we have to fall in love all over again with the now. We have to fall in love with the next. I came back from Cyprus a few years ago and something happened to me while I was uh, overseas. Two years of lockdown and another year of not lockdown but not real life either. And something happened in my heart and I, 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 f- I felt like there wasn't space in my heart for South Africa anymore. Just felt like it. And suddenly everything confirmed it. The pothole I fell into every morning. <laughs> meh, confirmed it. The load shedding my neighbors get. I mean, did they genuinely announce a program for electrification of vehicles to replace fuel? How? Can we just have lights? My heart detached. I stood in worship. I make confession. I stood in worship and I felt, I don't know if this is my place anymore in this church. And I went before the Lord and I said, I don't know, I don't feel at, in place. And the Lord said, you'll have to wait it out. You'll have to raise your hands when you don't feel it. And you'll have to go to work when you don't feel it. And you'll have to wait it out. I'll come see you when I need to see you. But you're going to walk. And you're going to walk in the dark. And you're going to walk without instruments. And you're going to walk without feelings. And you're going to do what a lot of people have to do every day. Persevere. You're going to persevere. And you've had an easy 10 years. I said, I I object. (laughs) They made fake Facebook pages of me. I object. They sent drones. I object. The Lord said, "You've you've had an easy... You had all of that, but Sunday after Sunday, you loved what you were doing, who you were doing it with, where you were doing it, and I came and visited you, and now you're going to wait it out, and you're going to make space for me, and I'll come see about you when the time is right. And I'd stand there some Sundays and just raise my hands, not for me and not for the song. I'd raise them for Vince because I didn't want him seeing me standing with my hands in my pockets, dishonoring him until the Lord visited and my heart swelled up again. And then you can say, I can't see myself being anywhere else. And you might say, well, I I don't know if I feel that. You might feel that way about your marriage. I don't think this is my place anymore. I don't think this is my person anymore. You might feel that about your church. You might feel that about something. I want to tell you, you walk it out and you wait it out and you make space for God and you let Him come to you. He'll find you. He'll touch you. We met with our landlord. I'm almost done. We met with our landlord. We said, we really need to air condition this building seriously. And he asked the question, he said, are you guys staying? He said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, when the pandemic started, you, George, said, I don't know what big church looks like, the future of big church looks like after the pandemic. You've never come back to me and said what you think about that. 
So we're doing nothing until you can tell me that you believe in what you're called to do more than we have to believe in what you are called to do. Yeah, as an elder in another church, I wish you would move. <laughs> very annoying when you go for a business meeting, you get a prophecy. Thanks. I said, we're here. Whatever the obstacles are, I said, Cameron, let's get buckets of water and scrape all the nonsense signs people put up on the bridges. Let's make space for God. This is our space. We're going to fix this space. I want that pothole fixed. I want the streets lights fixed. I want the signs that look like they're in an apocalyptic movie fixed. I want it all sorted out. Wow, I'm making space for God to move. The wall's got to go back. Space, space, space. Your heart's got to make space. New people. We say goodbye to Tim. I think three people I spoke to today immigrating overseas in the next few weeks. There's one, someone's going to New Zealand. I'm sad and I'm, I'm going to hug you goodbye and I'm going to leave space in my heart for someone else to sit on that seat. So, And someone else to sit on that seat. There's going to be new people with new stories that is coming. Is that saying too much? Once Vince is embarrassed of me, it's time to tap out. I know. I know. Make space in your hands. Uh, we're all carrying responsibility. We're all doing things. But if you want something fresh and new uh, to happen in your life, uh, don't think that it'll be somewhere else geographically. I just explained the guy who went all the way to the moon. He didn't move overseas. He changed planets. <laughs> and realized the most beautiful place is home. Where are you going? We've got to make space. And have to, we're going to be new people. Uh, there was a, Cameron asked if he, he's a tricky character that, he, he's a tricky character. He said, well, can, I, can I start a, a men's group? I was in no mood for a men's group. He, he said, can I start a men's group? I said, well, I'm not going to go. He said, no problem, we just have it at your house. <laughs> so now there's a men's group at my house and I'm a bit erg about my place, so I've got to be there. So I'm there now, the guy in the background lurking around. And then he did something mischievous. He asked a question and I was standing at the doorway and then he said, Pastor, what do you think? And I answered the question and his friend Cash who was sitting there, they high-fived each other as if I didn't see that they got me in. Now I'm starting two groups on Wednesday of my own. I have to make space. As you do, you have to make space. Here's that verse in Luke 13. Finally, he said to the garden, I've waited three years, nothing's happened. Not a single feet, cut it down, just taking up space in the garden. I want to encourage you not to have things unnecessarily taking up space in the garden. Finally, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the Bible reminds us that we are a temple for the Lord. We are not individually only a temple, we are built together, the Bible says, into a holy habitation in which God dwells by his spirit. Together, we make space for God and God changes the world through us. I think it's important that our willingness to do that starts to shine through. I'm not just a believer, I'm also, I'm also a temple. I'm also the body of Christ. And somehow in all of that, I need to have space for God to use me and God to love other people through me and God to, and, and God to uh, um, shine a light uh, through me to be salt and light. And 
I refuse to fall into the spirit of this world, which is selfish. That if I don't get something back from it, I'm not doing it. I refuse to fall into the spirit of this world. I will sow myself in the king's business because when I make space for God, God makes space for me. There's something truly beautiful about recognizing that, that when I make space for God, God makes space for me. And perhaps all the wrestling we've been doing to try and um, occupy uh, and conquer our space is best one in heaven so that, so that it is experienced here on earth. 1 Corinthians 3 says, if anyone builds on this foundation, they should use gold, uh, silver, costly stones, not wood, hay or straw. Their work will be shown for what it is uh, because the day will test uh, it, uh, it will bring it to light. It'll be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. And if what they have built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burnt up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet be saved. I, I just love the but yet part in scripture. Like you lose something, but you never lose everything. Uh, and then he, he concludes that scripture by saying, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? That's, that's the call this year, to host humans and their human condition, but also to host heaven and heaven's invasion into the heart of man. We should do both well. Can you say amen to that? So I'm gonna invite Pastors Mike and Vince to come on up uh, for a moment. And there's a reason why I'm inviting you both up. We're almost there. Got a couple of minutes. Because um, they're really the pastoral leadership of, of this congregation. Vince um, moved into a new home over this weekend. Uh, and uh, God has such a sense of humor uh, that uh, the home was actually used by a church. And he bought it from a church, uh, in fact, which I think is amazing. And for a little while, that church is still going to have their kids' church in the garage until they've relocated. Vince, um, I wanted to say to you in the spirit of, of hosting and being used and all that, that I think you know Billiard, my painter, a really good guy. I've paid for two weeks of painting and, and a voucher for your paint to paint the inside of your house. So he's waiting, he's waiting for a call. <laughs> I had gone and had a look at the home, Sharice, and it's really a beautiful home. And we prayed a prayer there, and I thought, we need Billiard to come and paint and do whatever you want, but he'll, he'll do it. Um, uh, I, I want to just invite you guys. Uh, we've been on a journey to start. This is a start to identify further gifts in our church. And today we're starting by announcing the first handful of leadership team at Father's House North End. All of our churches already have three or four couples or individuals uh, who play this role. On, in March the 21st, uh, it's a long weekend public holiday thing. I'm actually inviting them all to Port Elizabeth for a, a time of prayer, of worship, of making space, of meeting one another and of building like a family. And so I'm going to ask these guys to name them and then I'll wrap up the service. So. Thanks, Pastor George. Um, yeah, so on that Sunday of that long weekend, we'll invite them up here so everybody can see them and we'll pray over them. Um, but to couples that have been faithfully serving in our church for years and know the, 
the culture of the church and represent it so well and hold us accountable um, in a way that we have chosen and really are grateful for. So um, Andrew Peterson and Nikki Peterson, uh, Nikki, who is now heading up our kids' church, but before she was actually heading up our kids' church, we had asked them and confirmed about them. Uh, Andrew served in the parking lot faithfully for years and ran men's group and couple group, couples group together. And then the opportunity came in Kids Church. So Andrew and Nikki Peterson is one couple. Um, Kwaita and Plele, she's been part of Pastor George's church journey for years, almost two decades from the varsity. Yeah, back and, to university days. Yeah. Yeah. So Kwaita, who also faithfully goes to all our different churches just to check in on, on, on all of them. And then sort of a next generation of leaders as well. Damien and Annika Sharp, faithfully been serving here for years now. Um, both sets of their parents are heavily involved in the church as well. So we are incredibly grateful for them all. So can we please give them a big celebration and a welcome. Thank you, guys. Uh, I, I think um, making space for people, making space for health, and making space for growth is necessary. It's just the start of the journey. There will be much more, but we had to start somewhere we felt and not be intimidated by the unknown. I have a list of people um, who I know God has sown into this house with ability and gifting that we're going to release in the coming year. Uh, this is the beginning of 2023, and we're putting some anchors in the ground. Kuaita has literally, I think, part of, been part of uh, the ministry at the university and here for 25 years, I think. And when I get an email from Kuaita, I stop everything else I'm doing just to have a look because uh, the discernment and the giftedness is just so on point and uh, wonderful to experience. And I'm, I'm looking forward to journeying with you guys even more uh, going, going forward. So the challenge to close the service. Make space for more people with their human condition, but make space for heaven and heaven to invade earth. And the only way something's going to change in your life is if you start leaving some spaces for God to move. Don't wind your agenda up so tight and your calendar so full that you've got neither head space, heart space, nor hand space for something fresh to happen. Who knows what the Lord has yet in mind? Can you say amen to that? Let's stand together and pray. I'm going to do a prayer, but once I amen, I want to remind you that at every service, communion is available at the front, praying for people privately and personally right at the stage. And even if all of that is intimidating and you just want to rather put an anonymous prayer request or a Thanksgiving praise report, you can write it on a card at the communion tables. And we will, we, the pastors meet on Tuesday and we pray over those prayer requests and we give thanks to God together. And so we'll know about it. And if you want us to know your name, you're welcome to put it there and we can reach out to you. But we will do anything we can to host you and the human condition as best we can. And then we're going to make space for the Holy Spirit to move miraculously. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the power of your word and the clarity of being led by the Spirit. Thank you that you're a living God. And because you're alive, our faith is living matures, it grows, it, it changes shape and expression, though never changing foundation and truth. 
please would you help us find space in our lives? Would you help us make space in Jesus' name? Would you teach us not to have unfruitful things occupying space? And will you help us recognize just as there needs to be light, that in Jesus' name, let there be space. And everybody said, the last shout of praise for the day, I promise you.